Welcome to Thoughts of an Average Joe. I'm your host, Roy Jackson, your favorite Average Joe. And I have some special guests here with me today, my parents. How are you doing today? Doing just fine. Hold up, hold up, hold up. Your favorite Average Joe? Really? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> your favorite Average Joe? I'm just a regular, regular Average guy, you know, just out here doing this podcast, giving relatable information. I mean, you should know because you're an Average Joe yourself. Oh, no, I'm above Average. You're above Average, huh? <laughs> you're above Average, huh? What about you, Mom? You are, are, are you an average average lady? No, no I'm not. Nah, she's above a... average because she's with me. <laughs> 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 All right. In today's episode, we're gonna be dealing with main. We're gonna be dealing with um, maintaining a healthy relationship. Um, I do feel like with my parents having thirty years of, of marriage, that that would be helpful um, for my listeners to just kind of get a glimpse of you know how they were able to succeed in their marriage and the trials and tribulations that they've gone through. So with no further ado, how did y'all uh, how did y'all meet? Oh, we met at a friend of our house named um, Teron. Um, Dad went to school with him, and I met him after the fact. Um, as a matter of fact, I was living with him and his roommate, and then Dad used to come over there, and then once he saw me, he was just always coming over there, you know. <laughs> Trying to catch somebody, you know. So at first, I really didn't like him because he talked too much. But then my friends, they was always going out with their girlfriends, and they didn't want me to stay home by myself. So they was always like, we'll bring Wayne along. We'll bring Wayne along. So eventually, he just wore off on me. And well, then as I got to know him, I realized, okay, Lord, you know what? This is going to be my husband. Well, let me add something to that, okay? Because <laughs> she talked about... I talk too much just so that listeners know that I was a radio news reporter at the time and I got paid to talk well I wasn't paying you to talk because I didn't even know you but I talked at work so I just brought it home and I talked and guess what I'm still getting paid to talk so you know it's all good but sooner or later mom yeah I guess he he grew on you and then you know y'all yeah, he kind of grew on me once I got to know him you know I was like you know this could be my husband Lord it could be. You know? You just never know what's going to happen in life. So what attracted you to him? My good looks, of course. <laughs> I mean, the <laughs> listeners can see. No, really, it was not his looks. Once I got to know him, I, know, I realized that he was a very nice person, very kind person, considerate. Somebody I feel that I could, you know, spend the rest of my life with. And, and I think that's, you know, in all jest, I'm talking about good looks, but I think for the listeners, it's important to understand that if you are dating or you are going with someone just because of how they look, you've already lost the game. Now, granted, I know looks are important, but you better be more concerned about what their heart is, mm -hmm. because if their heart is mean and nasty and they don't want to treat you right. It gets worse after they put that ring on your finger. So you want to just make sure not only are you looking at the looks, but you're looking at how this person treats you, their heart. But more importantly, how do they treat their mother or their father? Because if they treat their mother and their father nasty, they're going to treat you even worse. No, I agree. It's always the same where the uh, where it's um. let me see if I can remember it right. It's looks what attracts you, but it's the heart that makes you stay. Yep. Okay. All right, then. You got to have a good heart. All right, then. Let's get into it. Um, 
so obviously, you know, with you guys being married for 30 plus years, how did you get through the hard times and the trials and tribulations? Well, we got through the hard times um, mainly by keeping God first in our marriage and communication and prayer. To me, I think those was the most important things. And I will even add to that. I think um, I think people need to understand that sometimes you just need to forgive people. Because I think so many times arguments start over small things. I know one of the things I tell mom when when we get into some of our disagreements is this time next week, will what we're arguing about, will it mean anything? Will it still be important? And if you can stick with that, because most of the time we get into arguments over stuff that is really not that important. You might think it's important at the time, but a week or two weeks later, would it still make a difference in your life? So sometimes it's just realizing that sometimes we will agree to disagree and then we just move on. Mm-hmm. No, I agree with you. I've, uh, I remember sometimes a couple of times you always said, uh, don't let the uh, the sun shine down on your wrath or something, something, something similar to that yeah. effect. Biblical passage talking about you should not go to bed angry. That's another thing that's important. Because if you do go to bed angry, then the next day you wake up, nobody's talking to each other. You go through that day, and then the next day after that, somebody's not talking to each other. And so before you know, you got a week, you got two weeks, and nobody's talking to each other. So whatever issues you got on that day should just stay with that day. And then the next day, you start fresh. Okay. How did you maintain your relationship throughout the years? Man, you got an answer for that, Rochelle? I mean, I can talk about it, but I think it's just what what Rochelle had talked about previously in regards to compromising, uh, understanding that we weren't going to go to bed angry, um, forgiving each other, realizing that nobody here is perfect. Um, there's an old biblical passage that talks about, and I'm paraphrasing, before you get the speck out your brother's eye, get the log out of yours. In other words, we always look at someone else's issues and we think they're huge, but we're never looking at our own issues. Mm -hmm. Our own issues we think are real small. In reality, they're huge. So the key is working on yourself. And I think that's one of the things, because in the beginning of our relationship, it was rocky. I mean, if we had believed in divorce, we would have gotten divorced. But we hung in there. I always tell people, say, well, how'd you do it? I say, well, the first two years were rough, but the last 28 years have been they've been pretty good. Matter of fact, they've been great. So I'll take two bad years for 28 years. But, you know, just believing in each other and helping each other and realizing that we're in this together and that when we got married, we didn't get married to get divorced. We got married to make it through the good times and the bad times, and and so far we have. And I also would say that um, also just by having each other's back, um, loving each other, and and picking your battles. Some battles is just not worth the argument, you know. So just pick what battles you want to disagree with. (laughs) So what are some of the obstacles y'all had to overcome in the first two years of your marriage that made it so (laughs) rocky? Uh, obstacles we were two very independent people 
So Rochelle was used to getting her way. I was used to getting my way. And we had to work on working with each other. Uh, finances, as you already know, we ain't rich. We far from it. So finances were an issue. We had to work on that. I'm fortunate that um, Rochelle was a banker. And so she knows how to balance checkbooks. She knows how to make money stretch. She knows how to do all of those types of things. She's not the type of person that's going to go out and she's got to buy 50, 60, 70 pairs of shoes and have eight closets worth of clothes because we believe in protecting our money. Um, God has blessed us to have jobs. And so with that, we have to be good stewards of the money that we have. So all of those things were important. And so my advice to individuals, if you are going to be married, if you are going to be, um, you know, trying to make something of it, make sure the person who is smartest with the money is the one who is working with the money. If you know you can't balance your budget, if you know you don't even have a budget, then let the person who can balance it, who can make sure that the bills get paid, take care of it. Not also say sometimes, you know, um, in overcoming those obstacles, sometimes you may have to even go get counseling. And I think people need to understand and realize that, you know, it's okay to go get counseling, you know, because sometimes, especially men, have this attitude, I don't need no man telling me what to do. I don't need nobody telling me what to do. And it's not all about that, because when you go to counseling, sometimes you may go there for one thing, but then in reality, you really get down to the root of why you are really there. And sometimes it's because of something else. It's not even because of the reason why you went. Okay, I agree with that. Um, if you had to list three things as the most important to a relationship, what would they be? I say God center, trust, forgiveness, I'm going with four, and communication. <laughs> I can go with that. All four of those I think are really and very important. Specifically, if you can't trust that person, I mean, and I'll give you an example. Like, I travel a lot. Um, I go to, because I, <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I'm, I have a consulting business as well as my regular job. So I go to conferences frequently. I'm taking students with us. Some of them are female students. Um, some of them are male students. And, you know, you got to have someone who's willing to trust you that when you're going away, that you're not going to be trying to do something or anything along that line. Plus in my job, because I work at a college. They basically said, if you fool with a student, you're going to lose your job. I need to keep my job, okay? So ain't no student worth that. I can uh, I can piggyback off of the trust because I remember when we first moved down here, it was just us and mom was still in Jersey, and uh, it was, the relationship was still, at least coming from, from my perspective and outside coming in, it was still smooth. It wasn't like no distrust, no dishonesty or anything like that. So I, I, I can definitely see where you're coming from with that. Oh, yeah, definitely. You got any thoughts, mom? No, okay. We'll just <laughs> we'll just keep it moving. Um, why do you feel like this generation is more of a hookup culture than a generation that is in it for the long haul, as opposed to where they rather just hook up, as opposed to actually be in a relationship? Well, because I mean, the whole society now is a hookup. I mean, it's a microwave society. We want things quick. If we can't get them quick, then we want to move on. So the whole society is built around that. But understanding that relationships take time. Um, you got to get to know each other. 
Um, you got to be checking things out because when you're dating, a lot of times it's an act. Everybody's acting. They're doing all the good things that they need to do in order to impress you. But periodically people let their, their guards down. And so that's when you get to kind of really see who that individual is. And so it's important when that happens that you kind of figure out, can I deal with this or can I not deal with this? And so you got to always be watching for cues and keys in a relationship, which will help you to figure out how this person will be if we decide to get really serious and eventually get married. And I also think it has a lot to do with um, independence. A lot of people, um, they don't want to give up their independence and they feel like if they get married to someone, um, they have to give up their independence. And plus, some people just don't want that lifetime commitment that it takes um, to be married. So they just rather hook up with somebody. If it doesn't work out, it's not a big deal. We move on. You go your way, I go my way. And then sometimes, too, because uh, because so many people are getting their education today, you got a lot of women, particularly, that are really going and getting their education and they're really moving up the ladder. And sometimes men can't deal with that. Sometimes women may want to get married, but if a man know you make more money than they do, some of them don't want to, you know, they can't handle that. And it's interesting because I know um, my pastor always say, you got somebody and they're making more money than you, then you should be up, you should be happy because you don't want to step up, you know, you don't want above what you what you should be having. So, you know, it's, it's a blessing, but some people don't look at it that way. Well, Rochelle, you can make more money than me, and I ain't got a problem with that. <laughs> I just know you will. <laughs> I just want to. Because all that money's in one account, so you know a brother will dip into the account. So don't don't worry about it. You make all the money you want to make, okay? Let's talk about that for a second. Um, money being in one account when it comes to finances. I know every couple is different, but do you feel like, at least from y'all experience, it makes it easier just for having everything in one account as opposed to having two or three separate accounts? Well, in our, in our situation, I think it does because, you know, um, I just believe the Bible, and the Bible says when you get married, you become one. So my thing is, if we become one, then our money should become one. But it's all different depending on people and whoever you marry, because you got some people that are married to people who are alcoholics or drug addictions and stuff like that. And if that's the case, of course, you don't want them handling the money. So you may have more than one account because of that situation. But um, in our situation, you know, one account is good. And, you know, I remember before we even got married, I asked, I asked uh, your, your dad, um, if we ever get married, how many accounts are you going to have? And he was like, three. I'm like, three for what? <laughs> one for me, one for you, one for the bills. I said, oh, no, that ain't going to work here. And I think it has a lot to do with how you grow up because he grew up that way. I didn't grow up that way. And so I think as individuals and as a married couple, I think you really should have all the money should be together. And, and, and that's a really a good point because a lot of people are used to what they've been around. So when Rochelle asked me that, I've been around where my mom had an account, my dad had an account, and they had an account for the bills. So in other words, as you're going into a relationship, you got to learn to be flexible because maybe how you grew up wasn't necessarily the right way. And so for us, it works. Because we're not big spenders. We're really thrifty about how we spend our money. We save our money. And, and that's not to say that we don't have multiple accounts because we do. I mean, we have a savings account. Uh, we have our own um, limited liability company. We got that account. So we got multiple accounts. 
but our names are on all of the accounts. So, you know, that is the difference. There is no, I just got an account with my name on it and she got an account with her name on it. It's all the same because we're trying to take care of our money. So we, we don't go out and waste. And I think also you have to decide. I remember when I was doing a workshop, I was telling students about you come up with a figure that anything above that figure has to be approved by the other person, like if it's a big purchase or something along that line. And, and so that, I think that helps because, you know, you don't want someone going out for a big purchase and then someone goes and pays a bill. And next thing you know, your account is overdrawn. I might have to steal that idea. I like that idea. Y'all, y'all, y'all might have some little. Y'all might have some wisdom. Y'all might be dropping some gems tonight. I see you out here. We drop gems twenty four seven. Let me tell you, okay? That's how we do. Okay, so you brought up how you was raised in family. Do you feel like how you was raised has a part in not so much their relationship, but as far as like how that person acts and how you? Let me let me let me try to rephrase it. So like y'all both grew up in different environments. Like you grew up mom pretty much without knowing your dad, but you had a stepdad in place. And then dad, you had a and you grew up you, you grew up with both parents. So when you're getting married and raising kids, like does that does that come into play at all or is oh, that yeah. just like a Definitely it comes into play how you were raised um, the different things that you went through always come into play because that's what you're bringing to the relationship. You're bringing all of those experiences that you had in growing up and what you saw and how you were treated and all those things you're bringing to the relationship. And so, yeah, that's your package or it could be your baggage. It depends on how you're looking at it. And so all that stuff you're bringing in, you just got to learn how to be flexible and how to adjust. And I, let me just add something else to that because in many cases, a lot of times you will end up dating someone who is like your parent. Let me give an example. You will end up dating like my, my mom was kind of calm, cool, collected. All right. And Rochelle's the same way. She, every now and then she'll spout off. She might get a little angry and upset. But most of the time she doesn't. And so many times we are kind of attracted to individuals who are like, if you're a female, you might be attracted. That person might be similar to your father figure or your father. In this particular case, kind of my mom. Um, so just something to keep in mind. Was that another gem for you? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You know, <laughs> you know, we dropping dimes. <laughs> I I was just saying too that also, although you may come up in different environments, um, my environment was totally different. But mm-hmm. being in the environment that I was in, I learned a lot, and I was like, okay, I learned the things that I didn't want to do, or I didn't want to do with my kids, or I didn't want to do in my marriage. So although the environment, you know, was a lot different, it taught me the things that I did not want to do. And let me add to that, because I think also if you want to have a good relationship, read some books, read about relationships, 
um, was it Gary Smalley's book or Gary Chapman's The Five Love Languages, um, the His Needs, Her Needs book. There's a lot of good books out here that you can read to develop a good relationship. And so it's just like going to school. And, you know, one of the things I try to tell my students is that we spend a lot of time getting education so that we can get a good job. But very seldom do we read up on what it takes to have a good relationship. And so, I mean, Troy knows if you go into my library, you're going to see a lot of books on relationships, um, all those different types of things so that you can get better at it. Because you're not at a point where you know it all, so you must consistently always be looking on ways to improve and ways to get better at developing the relationship. And I just want to piggyback on that and say that that's one of the things everyone should do is when you're in a relationship is you really need to learn to get to study and know the other person. You really need to learn how to know the other person. Okay, so I have one more question about family, then we'll move on. Is the family that you marry into, is that a big deal, or is that something you can get around? <laughs> uh, I think it's a big deal, but I think it's also something you can get around. I think, you know, one of the things that I did when we got engaged was I went to my parents, specifically my mom, and let her know that, Things were going to change when I got married because the priority changes. You know, no longer is my mom the the person that I would go to. Like she calls and I just drop everything mm -hmm. and come help her out. Now my priority goes to my wife. And, you know, the Bible talks about you leave father and mother and you cleave to your wife. And so sometimes what happens is in-laws or mamas or daddies get involved in the relationship and they try to control it. No, you need to make sure that they understand that your first priority is your spouse. And so that's not to say that you're going to leave them out or you're not going to come and help them, but first priority should go to your spouse. And so if they understand that, even though they might get mad and they might not understand it, but I think sometimes in-laws or parents can come in and do a disservice in a relationship. Yeah, and I think it's a big deal, too. But I think also um, that when you do marry someone, like Dad said, they supposed to, the husband is supposed to leave their parents and cleave, and, you know, cleave to their spouses. But also, too, the, the big thing is, is... Um, if y'all have disagreements or things like that, don't be running home to your parents all the time, telling your parents all your business. It's I for you that. <laughs> and that it's for your wife, for the wife and the husband to try to work things out on their own because a lot of times that's where a lot of marriages fail because they go running home to their parents and then their parents will be like, well, you know what? You don't have to put up with that. You can, especially for ladies, you ain't got to put up with that. You can come on back home. You you know, instead of y'all sitting there and really working it out. So, you know, the key is, I mean, because look at it, you look at it this way. It may be a big deal, but the whole thing is you don't have to live with their family, but you do have to live with your wife or you need to live with your husband. So, you know, that it can be worked around. 
I mean, because you don't have to you don't have to see them every day. You may go visit them from time and time or whatever, but you ain't got to see them every day. You ain't got to live with them every day. And if they can't come to accept the person that you have been that you have chosen to marry, then that's their issue and that's not yours. And and let me add a little to that because I think also um I almost got ready to forget what I was getting ready to say. I think also you can ask your parents sometimes about what they think about that person. Um, Because I remember a long time ago, like when we were dating, I used to stay with my godmother. And my godmother was the one that said, you know what? I think that girl right there talking about Rochelle is the best person for you. And I was like, really? <laughs> like, yeah, she's the best person for you. And so sometimes your parents know kind of who you are and can help you in understanding that, you know, maybe that individual. I mean, I kind of figured she was, but when my godmother told me and she she knew me pretty well it was confirmation yeah that was confirmation that maybe that young lady there might be the one that uh you end up marrying it was confirmation but yet he still tried to get somebody else to marry him before he realized it hey you know Your brother is a yeah, brother, brother. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> hey and sometimes you gotta... too I think your your parents really can give you insight on on the different people that you're dating and who's the right person for you because men knows men and women knows women. And, you know, the, the men or the women can try to hide behind stuff when you're dating and stuff like that. But um, women knows each other. They know whether or not that's the right fit for you or not. Okay. And, I mean, you don't mean you have to take their advice, but if you don't, you could end up with a rough time. Real rough. Okay. So this is it's a two part question here. Two parts. How is communication and forgiveness a big part of maintaining a relationship, and how often do you think you have to give your significant other space? Uh, forgiveness is a big part in maintaining a relationship because forgiveness frees you up, and you have to understand and realize that forgiveness is really not for the other person, but it's for you. Because when you don't forgive someone, that keeps you in bondage. And you be sitting around here being mad over little stuff, having attitudes and all like that. And the other person, they done went on about their business. They enjoying their life and you don't allow somebody else to um, to steal your joy. So, you know, you should always forgive people. The Bible talks about forgiving people 70 times 70, you know. That means you always forgive no matter what. Because two, if you know the Lord, how can you ask the Lord to forgive you when you won't even forgive your brother? And what was the second part of that question? Um, how often do you have to give your significant other space? I guess it depends on the, the couple, I guess. Um, for me, sometimes, you know, Wayne can go away after a day. I'm like, okay, it's time for him to come back. You know, a day <laughs> is enough. <laughs> I wouldn't even go. Would you want, it probably ain't even a day. It's maybe like... Eight hours, and then you'd be like, "All right, where's your dad at? I need your dad." Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I don't just be gone for a day. <laughs> Most of the time, I'm gone for three, four, five nah, days. I um, I wanted to get into something that some of my listeners have said. Um, 
one of my listeners that said one of the keys to maintaining a healthy relationship was know yourself before you get into one and be happy with yourself before you get into one. That's very true. Um, you, you really do need to know yourself and you need to, you cannot depend on someone else to make you happy because we're all human. And the only person in this world that can make you happy is the Lord. So yeah, sometimes people go into a relationship thinking, oh, this person is gonna make me happy. But like I say, we're all human. We're all gonna make mistakes. We're all gonna disappoint each other. So you can't put your happiness into, into somebody. So yes, you, I think you definitely need to know, get to know who you are before you can get to know who somebody else is. And I, I would even add to that, not just somebody, but something. Because some people think I'm going to buy a car that's going to make me happy. I'm going to get a promotion that's going to make me happy. Um, you know, I'm going to do all these different things and they're going to make me happy. And then you find out it doesn't lead to happiness. So I agree with Rochelle. Really, your true happiness is accepting Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. That is really your true happiness. Because all this other stuff, money comes, money goes, cars you get in a car crash, you ain't got it no more. So, you know, you got to make sure you're really keeping your entire life in perspective. And also one of uh, something else one of my listeners I said was change. That is see the red flags early and detect them because you can't really change a person. That is so true. A lot of people go into marriage think they're going to change someone or this person now that I'm married to them, they're not going to do this, they're not going to do that. And that's really not true. What they do before they marry you is the same thing they're going to be doing after they marry you. You trying to say something, Roshan? <laughs> you know, I didn't want to put Wayne on the spot, but, you know, since he asked me if I'm trying to say something, you know, like, you know, he don't like putting his clothes in the hamper or hanging his clothes up. You know, he did that before we got married, but I figured, you know, once he get married, you're living with somebody else, you know, you'll change those habits. No, they do not change. Trust me. <laughs> I might not put them in the hamper, but I put them in a nice pile. <laughs> and, you know, another thing was, you nice to go over his house. He never used to make his bed. Nothing changed. It don't make the bed here okay, either. All right, okay, hold on, hold on, hold on. To his defense. <laughs> Thank you. To his defense. Let me, it, making up the bed is pointless. You're going to get right back in it. It does. It makes no sense. It does. It makes a lot of sense. What sense does it make? Because you need to straighten the sheets and everything up on the bed. Why? Yes. What, the streets, sheets going to be wrinkled? <laughs> <laughs> no, but sometimes the sheets, depending on what kind of sheets you have, sometimes they come up a little bit off the mattress and stuff. So you got to, you know, All yeah. Right. I mean, who wants to get in and out of bed and it's not made up? Me. Me. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I don't keep praying for y'all because, you know. You just keep on just praying, Just keep sister. praying for y'all. Hopefully God will change your hearts. One day. All right, let's get into this. It's a, it's, it's, it's a myth goal. I don't want to say it's a myth, but it's a saying that it's a happy wife, happy life. I really feel like if both people are happy, that makes for a more successful relationship because if one person's happy, the people say if the woman's happy, then she'll give her all to you. But what's good is, what good is that if the man's not happy? Well, I think, yeah, happy wife, because if you truly love your spouse, you truly care about your spouse, then you want your spouse to be happy. And so if your spouse is happy, then you're happy because she's happy. So now, happy wife, happy life. That's right. The wife's happy. Everybody's happy. Because when the wife ain't happy. <laughs> I mean, you may not be too happy. 
So, yeah, but I mean, in reality, though, because I think getting back to the question you had earlier, we are so concerned about our feelings and what that person's going to do for me and all that type stuff. And I say we need to flip it. It should you should be more concerned about assisting and helping your spouse than you should be in helping yourself. You're like, you have something to say, man. You have nothing to say. No, I was trying to think of this scripture um, in the Bible. It talks about how you should think of the interests of others more, more than, you than, than yourself. Exactly. You know, and then I think and that's, when you think about that, it's really a true saying because if you're thinking about somebody else more than you're thinking about yourself, then both people in the relationship is going to be happy because the husband is thinking more about the wife. The wife is thinking more about the husband and everybody is pleasing everybody. So that's fine. Let me give you a perfect example. When I was growing up, I had to wash dishes every night. I promised, I didn't promise, but I basically said, I, re, I do not want to wash any more dishes when I'm growing up. Well, Rochelle's the type that likes to wash dishes by hand instead of putting them in the dishwasher. Who you tell Something me? <laughs> I don't understand. Now, why we buy a dishwasher? We ain't never going to use it. It's just for show. But anyway. Oh, it's for show. Okay. For decoration. So we agreed that I would wash dishes on the weekends. So that's what I do. I don't like it, but I'm helping my wife out. I'm being a person that's thinking more of her than I'm thinking of myself. Because it was left up to me, I throw the bad boys in a dishwasher in a heartbeat. Well, let me comment on that a little <laughs> bit because, you know, you said that you would wash the dishes on the weekend. So we have a disagreement, really, as to when the weekend starts. And I was talking to my boss about this just yesterday, and he agrees with me. The weekend starts at 5 o'clock Friday okay. and it Perfect. goes through Sunday. Let me stop you. Right you want to say the weekend is Saturday and Sunday? No, it starts Friday evening. Let me, so really, you're you're missing a day there, brother man. Let, let, let me stop you right there. As somebody that works overnight, the weekend starts on a Saturday. Let me finish. Let me finish. The weekend starts on a Saturday. Business hours are Monday through Friday. And this is why I say it starts on a Saturday. Let me finish. But business hours are over with at 5 o'clock. Not on Thank some you. People. Exactly. Because when people. it's 5 o'clock over here, it's 2 o'clock in the West Coast. Well, we're not on the West Coast, sweetheart. We're Matter on the fact, East Coast. That would be a good question for your listeners. And they can tap. You can put a little poll together. I'm going to put a little poll yeah, together. put a little poll together. Uh, Saturday and Sunday. As far as I'm concerned, we can start Saturday and and it's Sunday. No, because everybody always says after right after work on Friday. Oh yeah, we can't wait. The weekend is here. We going to party. We going to do that. They're I don't. The weekend is here. They're going to party because they know they don't have to get up the next day. Hence the well, weekend. Like I say, the weekend starts as a five o'clock on Friday. Now y'all can agree to disagree. Okay. I guess that's what we'll do. Okay, piggybacking off of your dishwashing story, how big is compromise to the relationship? You always got to do that. Yeah, compromise is, is, is very important because no individual is going to get their way all the time. I mean, that's just not realistic. So, you know, you're going to have to compromise in order to have a good relationship, whether you're just dating somebody or whether you're married to somebody. There's nobody on this earth that can just get their way all the time. 
That's just not realistic. And then if you are getting your way all the time, then you don't think as highly of that other person because you probably, especially if it's a man, then you think he's a wimp and all that type stuff. So you don't respect him as much. I agree. I, I feel like in the relationship I have, uh, my girlfriend has a problem with hearing no. And I feel like no is a word that you're going to need to hear if the relationship is going to be successful because you're not going to get everything that you want. Well, I'll tell you what, time. have her come to our house and I'll tell her no. <laughs> 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 All right. So if you had to if, if you had to list if you had to put these in order, what out of the three is if you had to rank them one to three, what would they be? Honesty, trust, and um communication. You just listed them. Honesty one, trust two, communication three. You agree with that, Mom? She probably won't. I mean, they're all very important. You can't, you can't have, you know, you can't do one and not the other ones. I mean, I think they're all right up there together myself. Okay. Well, I look at it this way. If you're honest, then that means you ain't lying. So that means your spouse trusts you. And if you're honest, that means you're already communicating. So there you go. All right. I can rock with that. What's the secret to marriage? If there is one. One, finding the right spouse. The one that is designed for you. Not everybody is designed for you. You might think they are because of like we get back to what we talked about originally because, you know, they might look good. They might have the right shape that you're looking for. They might wear the right perfume, but that don't necessarily mean they the right person for you. So that's why in relationships, you need to take your time and you need to figure out who is the right person. I think that's one of the keys. And then obviously we talked about the compromise, the honesty, the trust, all of that falls into line. And I also think I agree with that, but I also think too that friendship is important too because a lot of people, they are married, but they're not friends. And I think that if you're friends, it helps you to um, better get through hard situations and difficult situations and overcome obstacles because when you really think about it, when you have a best friend and y'all have a falling out, somehow, some way, y'all figure out a way to forgive each other, to talk about it, and, and, you know, and to move on with your friendship. So if you are friends in a relationship, then you're going to do the same thing because that's your friend. And so you don't want to lose your friends. So I think being friends is also very important. So piggybacking off of friends, I know y'all dated for what, five years before you got married? Yep. Mm -hmm. So was it a thing where y'all became best friends over time and then got married? And if you had to recommend, because I don't believe five years. I believe two years is. Well, it's. I think it's for us it was five. For someone else it could be two. For someone else it could be one. For someone else it could be three. I mean, so it depends on the individual, um, you know, with relationships, there are no relationships that are exactly the same, but you can take bits and pieces of a relationship that you think might be able to help you be successful. And so that's what you do. So, but you know, yeah, for you, maybe two is good. And I think also that, um, I think also it probably took us five years because I believe that, um, 
God, as I, well, I know that God was still working on both of us. Sometimes it's going to take longer for you to date before you get married because God is still working on you. God feels like you guys are not ready to be married yet. So in order for y'all to be ready, there's still some things that he has to do in your life. I mean, because when we first started dating, neither one of us was saved. And then at one point in time, we kind of broke up for a little bit. And when that happened, I ended up giving my life to Christ. And then later on, when he decided to come back, he ended up giving his life to Christ. So, you know, God has to work on you because you may not always be ready when you think you are ready. You were, you, y'all wasn't saved? Y'all wasn't saved when y'all first got there? I ain't know that. Mm-mm. Nope. When we got married, we were saved. Yeah. But when yeah. we was dating, we wasn't Mm-mm. saved. Uh, and then that. even when you think you're ready, as we found out, we still weren't ready. Because, you know, we still had some issues and some things that we had to deal with. Um, and it took us about, what, about two, two and a half years to get it right. But then after we got it right, we were good. All right, so I got a few more questions here. Let's talk about sex. How important is sex to a relationship? And if you had to rank it from one to ten, where would you rank it at? Twenty. <laughs> I would say, um, I would say, I don't know, but I would say read that book, His Knees, Her Knees, because in that book, it tells you exactly how important sex is to men and exactly how important sex is to women. With women, yeah, we do want sex, you know, but it's not like men. Men is just visual thing and they want to be all over you and all of that. With women, it's more of an intimacy thing. You know, we want to be held, you know. We don't want you to just jump in the bed and just get at it, you know. <laughs> you may want you to just hold us for a while and, you know, just sit and talk to us for a while or something like that. So with us, it's intimacy. But with you guys, it's just more of a visual type thing. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> Do you feel like, because I, I see a lot of this in this generation where, oh, you won't do this for me. I'm not going to give you none. And then the adultery or the infidelity mm-hmm. or the cheating happens. Well, that's that's why that stuff happens because, you know, and most of the time it's, it's women holding out because they get upset with their husbands, boyfriends, whoever it is, and they get all upset with them and then they hold out, and especially if they married. And so, you know, if your husband is not getting it at home, eventually he's going to get it somewhere else because, you know, he's going to be at work and, you know, he's going to get to talking to this female about his wife not doing this and that. And another female is so happy and glad to just step into that role. One of my former pastors said, <laughs> he said, it flows like water. You should be able to figure out what I'm talking about. <laughs> so, you know, But I think also in reality, that's why you don't go to bed mad. Because if you're going to bed mad the next day and you're going to withhold, you know, yourself, someone else is more than willing to take your place if you want to just keep holding out from your spouse. So it's better not if you have an argument. Okay, that was yesterday. We moving on again today. Let's start fresh so you can have a great relationship and so you can still uh, maintain that intimacy in your relationship, which is going to keep that person from doing whatever. It's funny because I know um, this pastor friend of ours one time, he was was talking about this lady and he was saying how this lady um, was just weighing her husband out because every morning, before he leave out that door, 
they were they were being intimate. <laughs> and it got so bad with her husband was like, you know, this woman is wearing me out. But she was making sure that when he left out at that house, his needs was fulfilled and he had to be looking nowhere else. <laughs> I'll remember that. <laughs> I, can... I didn't say you. I said that lady. <laughs> now I'm gonna take care of you, but no every day. I'm gonna let you know that right now. Um, hey, you brought up the subject, <laughs> homie. I got a few more questions, and then we'll, we'll wrap it up. Um, when it comes to having a family when you're married, uh, y'all had y'all had kids early. Do you feel like if you had to do it over again, would you have waited to enjoy each other and then have kids? Because I just got finished off the phone talking to uh, uh, Jonathan Curtis, who went to Christian Stronghold, and they've been married for about like two years now, and they just now had their kid. And he was saying that how like he really enjoyed, you know just being with his wife because now that he knows that the kid is here everything changes yep i agree with that 100 if i had to do it all over again yes i would have waited um and if i had my way i would have waited but it, at the time um you know we really didn't have a whole lot of money and stuff like that and i really couldn't afford birth control thus far there y'all came we back to back to back to back to back every other year you know but right, if so i there's only three of us unless let, yeah you said back to back to back to back unless but it's, anyway unless i don't know about if i had my <laughs> if i had my way i would have waited and that was one of the things i was a little upset with when um i found out i was pregnant with you because i was like i haven't even been married for nine for nine i haven't even been married for a year yet and i'm pregnant i need time to get to know my husband but you know because mm-hmm. once the kids go that's it yeah, and they expensive too. They ain't cheap. Those diapers and that infamil. Woo! So then the gosh. focus is no longer on your spouse; it's on those kids you're That's trying right. to raise. Especially when they waking up two, three o'clock in the morning because they hungry, or they need their diaper changed. Shush. Okay. After thirty years of marriage, how do you keep it fresh? We do different things. You know, um, Rochelle likes to play games. We play games. And she, she likes to cheat. Oh, yeah, no doubt don't about nobody that. Nobody cheat. Y'all need to yeah. really stop that. You know, y'all need to tell the truth and shame the devil. <laughs> we are. <laughs> no, you're not. <laughs> and, you know, we like to go on vacation. Which y'all um, do a lot. Well, at least once a year. Yeah, if not two. You know? Um, and then we just like to laugh and have fun and do things together and whatever that is. So... You know, and I think that's how you keep it fresh. We do different things. Um, you know, we'll go on a cruise, and we might not even leave the boat, but we're still on the cruise. We're just hanging out. We'll read. We'll play cards. We'll do all different types of things, just different things. I'm trying to convince her to get this Disney pass so we can go to Disney because we haven't been to Disney in about 10, 11, 12. Well, we haven't been to Disney in about 11 years. We probably about do. And I agree with that, you know, just going to different places. Because one thing I found out, and then sometimes we just will take a long weekend and we'll go down to high drive somewhere and stay in a hotel and stuff. Because when we do stuff like that, it allows us to get out and do things together where at home you got the hustle and the bustle with working and all of that. So you sometimes you don't really take the time out to do those things. So I think it's important that sometimes we just get away so that we can do those things. But I also think that um, as the years go on and you've been married for a long time, I also think it's very important to, from time to time to just talk to each other and tell each other how you really feel about them and, 
you know, and just express your love to each other, you know, because just because you're married, it doesn't mean the other person doesn't want to hear that from time to time. And the last question, if you had to tell a new couple or a newlywed couple or a couple just starting off one piece of advice to help their relationship, what would it be? Well, with me, I'll tell them to, because we used to do this for every couple when we used to go to um, weddings. We used to buy that book, His Niece, Her Niece. I think every couple really needs to read that book because it would really help them to understand, you know, the other person a lot better. So I think that's very important. And I would put in there uh, the five love languages. Right. I would add that book as well. All right. Um, let's go and wrap it up for today's episode, uh, Maintaining a Healthy Relationship with my parents I you know I appreciate y'all coming on you know we all have busy lives especially you dad mom busy sometimes not all the time <laughs> but uh but I, I appreciate I appreciate y'all coming on um I want y'all to follow the follow follow the Instagram for the show the TOAJ uh podcast follow the Instagram the average thoughts podcast um just keep liking subscribe share rate Rate me on iTunes. Leave me a review on iTunes. Uh, so far, I've, I've gotten good reception. People have said I've been relatable. I didn't think it would hit off as well as it has so far. So let's just keep this momentum going. And I'm going to try to keep bringing out every episode, every Sunday and every Wednesday. So just look out for that. If there's any topic that y'all want me to talk about, you can just email me. Uh, you can leave me a message on Twitter, message on Instagram. I'll respond. And that's pretty much it, man. I want to thank y'all for listening once again. I want to thank my parents once again. Peace. Good night.